Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is a bonus episode coming at you. Last week, we chatted with labor delivery nurse, which I love that episode so, so much. I listened back myself and in continuing to take notes because Liesl is beyond informative and amazing, and I just love what she's doing so much. But this week, we are doing a bonus episode all about our trip to Philadelphia for Expo East. And we're filling you guys in on great shit and what we've been up to with our VC fund. So I'm going to just hop right on in and stop talking from here because no one needs a unnecessary long intro if they have nothing to say. I hope you guys love this episode. If you do, definitely feel free to share it on Instagram. Tag us if you're listening to it. Um, Review the podcast. And if you have any questions, just let us know. But I am going to let the episode go from here. Feeling good about your microphone? I think my microphone is working really well. Equipment. You feel well, good? I listened to one episode I was on and it was very quiet, so I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't just me being really low. I think that is you. Oh. <laughs> I think that is you. As Ezra always says, Daddy, I can't hear you. Talk louder. I know. I always just thought you were doing it to be annoying, but now that Ezra's really dropping the truth on me, it hurts. Well, and you just said it yourself that you can't hear yourself in the podcast. It's I, real. I know. Now that I'm now that I'm in all these situations, I'm starting to believe it. See, and you just thought I was a nagging, annoying wife and I just boss thought. colleague. And now you know that like I say I can't hear you because I, I genuinely can't hear you. Don't play with the wire. You're gonna, what are you doing? You're so fidgety. Jordan, just let the wire let the let- wire breathe. <laughs> let it live. I asked Jordan to help me with the podcast and like a lot of you know the behind the behind the scenes and he definitely I've never double checked or like made sure the recorder was working I don't look at the volume settings I just press the red button and you know hope for the best and Jordan has tested this a thousand times so we we should be in good shape to talk about Expo East. Well, people are going to ask you where you record your podcast and like what studio. And you'd be like, no, I do it from home because my husband is such a neurotic At person. home, sitting on the floor. What did you just say? Just the P word? I'm a neurotic person. Oh, I thought you said the P word. And I was like, we don't say that word on this podcast. We say many other words, but that one disgusts me. Um, I, don't we, even know, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know what the P word is? The P word. Yeah. It's gross. I thought that's, I, I didn't know you said person. People will be able to figure out what they're talking about. Anywho, yeah, we're recording this from our bedroom. Um, my legs are going to really hurt after saying this. I also just attempted to get a bikini wax this morning and I am on fire. Like it hurts so bad. The pressure of a third pregnancy is so real that I, <laughs> she was like, I can't wax all of this. I'm like, I know it's just not good. Um, and now I'm feeling a little bit more, more pain, but hopefully doing this podcast will distract me for a little bit, but we're excited to chat with you guys about all things Expo East. And we're going to do an overview of great shit because I think if you've spoken about it in numerous, we've spoken about it numerous times, like a plethora of different ways, but I think to kind of like break it down for everyone on what great shit is what we've been doing with that and especially now kind of reassessing it since we like kicked off in April. Um, kind of a good time to like reflect, I should say, not reassess, like reflect. 
on I was lust. Say, I hope we're not reassessing. No, reflect. I'm just half brain dead. Uh, so let's start with Expo East. Why don't you give people some uh, a refresher of what Expo or what the Expo East and West are? Sure. So this was my personally, like, I think my ninth Expo e- between East and West, and the Natural Products Exhibition. Yeah, I think. Right. right. Um, so Expo East and Expo West happen each once a year. So Expo West is in March. We did a podcast episode on our visit out to LA and Anaheim probably a few months ago at this point, obviously. So definitely feel free to listen back if you shall want to. And then Expo East is on the East Coast and it's in September. And Expo West is ginormous. It is probably, now that you got to go to both, like eight times the size, I feel like. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they said it's like five or six times larger. You literally are fidgeting with your microphone the entire time. What do you keep playing with? I'm just holding on. Oh my god, he's like one of those people who like drives the car and like holds the handle on like the roof, like that's what he looks like right now with his microphone. I like the stick. I'm just gonna look out the window. Um, so that's Expo, a good idea. Expo East used to be in Baltimore. Um, it is a, so it's a smaller scale Expo West, which ultimately the point of these trade shows is for brands to exhibit at a booth of sorts that they get to like design and and execute. Um, they launch any new products or SKUs or flavors, and it's an awesome opportunity for brands to meet with potential investors, distributors, buyers, retailers, um, press, media, anyone, and or also just like maintain current relationships. So you'll see brands there that are either just starting out, or you'll see brands that are, brands there that are like very mature and have been excuse me, and this space for, for many, many years. So you'll see like the garden of lives of the world, but then you'll also see newer brands um, like Sweet Nothings was there and some of the brands that we'll, we'll dive into soon that just launched. So we went to Expo East last week. Um, it was in Philadelphia. It used to be in Baltimore. So this time it was nice because we were able to drive and like not make a whole trip out of it. We just like drove in the morning and came home. Um, so we're going to dive into some of our favorite parts of the expo, things that we've noticed, some trends of sorts, and give you guys the full rundown. So basically, it's going to feel it's going to feel like you were there. Wow, that was quite the uh, setting of the scene. Yeah, I'm so, like winded, and I've been talking for. I, I saw that. Maybe I should have taken over the uh, the spotlight of of what the expo is. But why don't we kick it off with what were some of the brands or products that we saw that we that we really enjoyed? So I kind of want to just go and I am looking at my phone for like photo reasons. Um, oh, okay. I thought you were texting your friends. Yeah, I figured I have to defend myself. So <laughs> the first brand that we <laughs> that we saw that we were really excited about is Jack and Annie, as it was called. And these are by no means. I don't. I don't think that they're like the highest quality, like best ingredients in terms of like the breakdown of the ingredients that they use, but they make like a crispy vegan nugget made with jackfruit. And Jordan, do you want to tell everyone? Yeah. So thoughts? Cause Jordan oh, thought it was legit chicken. All I saw was that it said gluten-free like chicken nugget and it smelled really good. And it was like right when we walked into the expo. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Gluten-free chicken nugget. And the booth is actually pretty busy, so sometimes you like sit there and talk to the, the people who are working the booth, 
or sometimes you just grab a product and go. In this case, we kind of just grabbed it and kept walking. And I, I literally had to walk back to see what was in the burger or what was in the nugget because it legit tastes like chicken. So I'm looking here. It's the one that you tried, I thought was gluten-free, but the one that I'm looking at on here isn't gluten-free. Well, it might be a new line. <laughs> no, it's the same packaging. It has holy flour. No, I asked the woman because one was gluten-free and one wasn't. Oh, so, so you had the gluten-free I one. I only okay. ate the gluten-free one. So I'm looking at the one that's just like their regular crispy jack nuggets. Um, and they say made from real whole plants. And again, it's like jackfruit, but it was 10 o'clock in the morning. To me, that sounded, I just could not sample something like that at that hour. Um, so my garbage disposal over here was like, I'll do it. So it has jackfruit, water. This, these ones have wheat flour, soy flour, canola, and soybean oil, and then some spices and such. So it's not like the most perfect in terms of ingredients, but it's one of those things like you're craving a chicken nugget. Like I don't think anyone's expecting perfection in, all, in that way. Um, but they had a lot of hype, and we've heard a lot of great things. I actually posted about them on my Instagram afterwards, and... They seem to be a hot commodity. I can't find a gluten-free chicken tender on their well, website. Yeah, I'm guessing it's a new product. Okay. Well, we'll see about that because in my pictures of the expo, none of them are either. So very interesting. Okay, Jack and Annie's, if you're listening, please let us know. Um, but it was very good. So if you're looking for like a plant-based chicken nugget option, would you recommend it? Yeah, I would recommend it. I wouldn't eat it every day, but it's good for a... Good for an indulgence. Okay. Oh, do I? We're gonna go one for one. Is that how we're gonna do this? Well, I don't know. I whatever. Oh, okay. you, uh, I don't want to over talk. So one that we didn't get to try, but the idea was very intriguing. It's a brand called Egg Life. They're making egg white wraps. Yeah, I've been and, seeing those on Instagram. Yeah, the, the the girl flagged you down, but it was like right when we got there, and we were like still carrying our bags and stuff, so we were like trying to like get settled in, and then we never went back to try it, but. It looked really cool and like a really good option for like an alternative to like an almond flour tortilla or something like that. So that's definitely something that I would I would like to find and try. What's it called again? Egg Life? I think Egg Life. Yeah, I'm trying to find them on here. It's not showing up as... Oh, here we go. Egg Life, egg life Foods. So it's egg white wraps. Um, so they're gluten-free, made with cage-free eggs, not flour. Sounds really cool. Wow, they even make like a lasagna yeah, it, I with mean, the like, wraps. Not that I look at calories, but they are low calories or like good protein content for what it is. So yeah, I mean, very like it's cool. Definitely a good, it's a good option as like a uh, as a uh, wrap. Hmm. Yeah, I might really want to try them. Same. We'll have to check those out. Um, and then another product that we didn't try because they weren't actually sampling this I don't believe at the show was the falafel from Fabulish. Oh no, I tried the I tried the falafel. Oh, I thought they were only sampling their dips. No, no. So they had like the dip was on top of the falafel. So I tried the mm. falafel and the dip together, and I thought they were really good. They also had like a like a hot not like a hot sauce. Maybe oh maybe it was a queso. That was yeah, also they did really have a queso. good. They have like a plant based. So Fabulish makes a plant based tzatziki and they it's it's made from the chickpea aquafaba am i saying that wrong? aquafaba yeah whatever. yeah i guess um wait is that part of, is that is that part of chickpea or is it something different it's part of chickpeas oh yeah 
It's something that usually gets discarded. So they have a ranch plant-based dip, a tzatziki that's plant-based. They have, let's see, their queso. And then I think they do have a spicy one because I see a red red packaging. The, the queso I think I had was a little spicy. Yeah, it's, just, it's called faba dip. Yeah, and then they I, have falafels. I like them and they were, I think they're actually New Jersey based too. So They were New Jersey, yeah, and USDA organic. But one of their ingredients, and like I'm not anti this, but it's just something we noticed in general was like sunflower oil. Oh, well, it's you're, in everything. You're jumping, you're jumping the course here, but um, why? That's not jumping the course. It's like a good transition because this was like a product, and I said, I just said to myself, like, why is there sunflower oil in everything now? Yeah, no, this is definitely not a dig to them because literally everyone no, is using sunflower oil. But I think everyone obviously is going away from canola oil or these other like, um, not good for you vegetable oils that yeah. are, you know that's that's very uh, hot in the in the news right now. So I think sunflower oil was like the next best option, but I think there's also a lot for of affordability for, yeah, just for like, you know, compared to like an olive oil or anything. So I think that's, you know, the, the new thing that's highlighted, but I guess there is a lot of issues around harvesting uh, sunflowers for their oil. Well, people were saying it's like high inflammatory like they're in like, like sunflower oil, I believe is in perfect bars. Like it's in a lot of different, like it's in a lot of the foods I consume. Oh, it's also inflammatory too? I thought so. Um, you got to bring like an oil uh, expert on. You know, I was actually thinking about that as I was making the notes for this. Yeah. To bring on like we a food scientist to talk about the oils and also like. Ooh, natural flavors. Uh, an allulose and all these other sugar alternatives that are coming to the market. Yeah, I'm into it. That'd be a good idea. Because like we have a lot to learn. Like I know things from. I would say a very basic level, but like, as you guys know, I'm not really preachy about things when like if something's good or bad. Like I just said, like the Jack and Annie's nuggets, like, no, don't eat them every day. But like they, something like that tastes good. And even the ingredients aren't like, oh my God, you know, the purest thing in the world, like whatever. But like, I'd love to learn a little bit more about, like, I know we know canola oil, but like even a lot of like my followers, like they'll message me be like, I don't understand why I, canola, I shouldn't have canola oil. My episode with Sam from Springbone, which is like when I very, very first oh, podcast yeah. episodes, we do dive into the oil stuff there, but we should, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we should bring on an um, expert. Def- um, it's definitely something we notice that's in like everything though. But a, a highlight to, to kind of contradict that was um, one of Human Co's brands, Against the Grain. And we caught up with Jason Karp, who's the co-founder of Hugh Kitchen and now uh, co-founder of Human Co. Um, they went and switched all their oils to olive oil in, in their products, which he said, I think, t- I think he said it took like six to nine months, to like actually figure it out and execute it. But like, that's such a huge game changer um, in terms of like, especially for them, like differentiating in like a sea of probably baked goods that have shitty oils in it. Yeah. No, I think that's really awesome. He was really hyped about that. <laughs> Jason's always pretty hyped about something. And like I admire, I admire his passion and like dedication to creating, you yeah, know, better I, for you foods. He also like so. For those of you who don't know, Jason Carp was one of the co-founders of Hue, and then now he's the founder of Human Co. And they have like they're the creators of Snow Days, and they acquired Cosmic Bliss. And as Jordan was just saying, the pizza like against all green, and so he definitely has a good standpoint. And he's like, I would say like an activist almost in like in the ingredient 
ingredient role. We should honestly bring him on the podcast. Yeah, no, we should. But um, yeah, I think what he is sort of preaching is to stop, like to not use bad ingredients just to get your better margins on your product, like to actually value using better ingredients from like a, a better perspective for the consumer and not just from a business perspective, which, yeah, you know, is a lot of times easier said than done. For sure. One of the other booths that we went to right around then was also GoNanas. So we got to meet the founders of GoNanas in real life. Yeah, we've spoken to them a couple of times. Yeah, you can't miss them in their hot pink pants. And their yeah. Their facts was hysterical. No, and those little toaster ovens were really funny that they were yeah. putting there. So I don't know if you guys have had GoNanas before. You've probably seen them somewhere on Instagram or online because they do a lot of like limited flavor drops and like collaborations with other influencers. And they're known like for making the best banana bread mix ever. Like it's one of those items that you are like one of those baking mixes that you all you, you add like your own ripe bananas, some oil, water. Um, it's like allergen friendly. But it tastes homemade when you're like eating it and it smells amazing and they have the coolest flavors like a caramel one. It was like a brownie one. We made the white chocolate strawberry one around Labor Day. Um, but they were sampling. I think they were sampling like their three main flavors there. But they're a brand that like we're really excited by what they're doing and what they're up to. They're also just like very impressive. The two founders of the company, they're like very Wouldn't you say? Yeah, they're two young female entrepreneurs who are building a really cool business. But they like have they just like have their shit together. There's a lot of really cool business like product ideas, but I think that they're like pretty like sharp and they were in the modulates like incubation program. But they make the yeah, allergen friendly banana bread mixes. Like they have a limited edition one right now that's coconut banana bread mix. They have a cookies and cream one that's a limited edition. They're Pretty much all like DTC, right? Like they're all direct to consumer. Um, Besides, like they're starting to get it. Yeah, they're in like two thousand retail doors. I think like one of their main ones has been Home Goods, actually. But I think now they're sort of starting to expand into more traditional grocery stores, which will be really exciting to to, to see. Yeah, their stuff is awesome, though. I highly recommend um, checking it out. Yeah, all you have to do is add banana, maple syrup, or honey, oil, or yogurt. And a milk of choice, which like when I look at stuff like that, I'm like, okay, that's there's so many options. You can just use whatever you have. If you don't have milk, use water. If you don't have oil or yogurt, you can use applesauce too. Like there's so many ways you can like make their mixes. Oh, so um, no egg. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize. No, because remember they're like vegan, but they're also nut free. Yeah, no, I couldn't remember. Oh, I didn't I didn't remember if they were vegan or not. Vegan, gluten free. They're the only baking mix like vegan, gluten free, and nut free. I know, it's delicious. Pretty cool. Um, and they're women-owned, so it was awesome, awesome to see them. I agree. And then right down the road from them was our good friends at Sweet Nothings. It's always nice to see them. And yeah, and they let us literally <laughs> leave like our lunch boxes. I had a gift for my friend from college who had a baby. Um, Jake, the co-founder and CEO of Sweet Nothings, is as you guys may or may not know, an advisor for Great Shit. So we talked to him. You know. A few times a week, but we always appreciate having them as their as our like home home at the expo. Yeah, and they were showing two of their newer products, the uh, of the nut butter bite line. I think there was an oatmeal raisin with peanut butter, and then a chocolate with peanut butter, and they were both so good. 
But they also have so remember gold like gogurt. Your pa- your mom probably never bought gogurt. No, we were not yeah, a go- not. we were not a gogurt well, family. Like I used to have gogurt because you know it was yogurt, and they have like a smoothie version almost, and like the gogurt like packaging. And they have like a blueberry kale one that was just launching at Sprouts. And then they're trying, I think they're also going to have that maybe like on their website or other stores too. But they pack like fruits and veggies and like flax seeds and whatever else. Um, It's like very nutrient dense. But we love giving them to our kids and they're like such a great, great option for, for a snack. And it's also the company that I did the collaboration with way back when on peanut butter bites yeah last last summer right yeah which like this sounds ridiculous but, like i don't even know like if there's if that flavor is still sold i gotta ask Jake. Yeah, you better check it out yeah i know i should check it out um so yeah we saw them and then where'd we head to after that with jay uh then we hit up our booth the booth at dulcie am i saying mm-hmm. that right dulcie right i think so but like you know i mean i butcher everything so why don't you give a little background on, on, on these bad boys because you've been eating them every day. So I've been saying that there's some brands for years now that like make a great baking mix or they make like something, you know, a prepared crunchy cookie or whatever it may be. But there, there's no one that's like making a brownie or a blondie or something that's more of like a baked good that's ready to eat that you don't have to like put effort into. And that's what Dolce's doing, which I'm super excited about them. I brought a handful of friends over to their booth and everyone was obsessed who tried it. But they say like say they're like, quote, gut friendly. It's like on their website, it says treat yourself and gut to a variety of brownie and blondie flavors. But you guys like their brownie tastes like the one that like Hugh Kitchen used to have at their restaurant. It's like fudgy and delicious. Oh, it does. That's what it's like. It's amazing. But like the ingredients are top notch. Um, we met with the founder actually like a week before Expo and they have dark chocolate brownies. Let me read. So they're non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, et cetera. But like, get this. Like these are the ingredients. Almond flour, coconut sugar, avocado oil, cocoa powder, egg, vanilla extract, salt. It's like everything that you'd use at home, which is what instantly attracted me to them. Um, and they have brownies, they have almond butter, dark chocolate blondie, a lemon coconut blondie, and apple spice blondie, which I've heard that the lemon one uh, is like they're one of their top sellers, but I'm super excited about them. And she's based in the founder's base in Jersey City. So I really li- I like their products. They're one of my favorites. Yeah, they're really at good. At the show. Yeah, but I've been eating a brownie every single day. They're phenomenal. And they're they're refrigerated. So you keep it in the fridge and I think you can leave it out for a few days. Kind of like how a perfect bar is. Yeah, she even said they're like shelf stable, I think, for th- up to 30 days. But yeah. like it would just fall apart a little bit. Um, but yeah, they were very, very good. And then I just want to give a shout out to this ice cream company called Marco. They had this like spicy peanut butter flavor. Mm-hmm. And I never spicy had, peanut butter caramel. Caramel. I've never had a spicy ice cream before, but something to do with like the spice with the creaminess of the milk. It was just, it was just insane. It was delicious. And I think they kind of rounded out that little corner. Oh wait, there was one more in that corner. We didn't try the product yet, but the ingredients are really good. That Woe bar. Oh, whoa, yeah. I took 
one of the woe bars. I have like the cho- like a peanut butter one downstairs. I'm actually going to eat it after this that I'm really excited about. Um, I haven't tried them before, but they seem really good. I'm staring at a picture of all of the snacks that we had got, but I think that's pretty much it from the hot new products area things that we that we tried so then we ventured off into like the main part of of the show you could say where it's not like all you know smaller startups um the ones that are like a little bit more mature so we saw like rind there which as you guys know is one of our but actually was our very first investment for great shit so they make upcycled dried fruit and coconut chips and they have like kiwi chips and peach peach chips my favorite thing ever is their straw peri dried fruit mix, which actually like, would you say would like, not weans me off of dried mango? Cause like I still love dried mango and like buy it, but like it hits the spot. Like if I- Yeah, I think it gives you that like chewy, you know, kind of like rip it with your teeth kind of yeah. like- uh, Dried pears are amazing. I was gonna say like it's not like a des- it's not a, I guess like a like a, like a little sweet like a little sweet snack. I mean, I just eat them when I'm bored. But like strawberry is phenomenal. Um, so we went and hung out with Matt and Ben at their booth for a while, which was really nice to see them. Um, yeah, they're both great. It's really nice talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's- it was it was funny. They were they were show- showcasing one of their newer products, the uh, dark chocolate coconut chips. Yeah. And Rachel, Rachel is so funny because they're like fairly new, but I guess they've been sending it to us for a while. Okay, so I thought they've been out for like. <laughs> so years. Rachel's like, "This product's been out forever," and they're like, "No, we literally just launched it." Sorry, who invited <laughs> me? They're like, "Oh, we'll give you the new product." I'm like, you sent this to me a few months ago. Like, are you sure this is new? Like, I've been using it in recipes. Um, but you know who's gonna love that? I should give that to my dad. Chocolate coconut. Yeah. Did, did you habit. use that in that granola we recently yes. made? I, mm, yeah, I use the coconut chips and the granola. I use the chocolate coconut ones the next time. Um, but yeah, Ryan's amazing. If you love dried fruit or like your kids love fruit, definitely check them out. And then speaking of dried fruit, the solely, solely like dried mango and well, dried fruit company, I guess, they came out with these like organic mango whole fruit gummies yeah, in three I, different flavors. I was really pumped about this product. Yeah, they are very good. The consistency was great. The texture was great. Um, they're USDA organic. It's a good, so- solid option for like a gum, a pack of gummies of sorts. Yeah, I tried. I forgot what it was. Maybe like a mango art, like a citrusy mango. mango yeah, I think one. you tried that one. And it definitely like hit the spot in terms of like a gummy. Like you don't have that like bounce off your tooth that you'd get if you had like a gelatin based gummy. But the flavor was really good. Something that's so random that I tried that like I've always wanted to try those Tony's chocolates, like the ones like look like old school, like this one. Yeah, I know. And I took their milk chocolate and I took their like caramel milk chocolate and it just tasted like I was eating like a Hershey bar like on Halloween and like walking out of Expo. It tasted so good. And I just like looked at my phone and saw the picture and now I really wish I was having one again. But now that my doctor told me I have to watch my blood sugars um again probably shouldn't be eating milk chocolate like that but it looks so good and tony's was very delicious then we saw some of our favorites like purely elizabeth um i actually walked to her booth didn't say hello to anyone and sat at a chair behind her booth then she turned around i was like surprise because i was so physically wiped from walking around for 0.5 seconds and then i kept having to like stop and sit down or or whatever so shout out to elizabeth and her team for letting me crash at at your booth for for a bit 
And then we also saw our friend Nikki that works at PS Snack. Yeah, so she wasn't exhibiting, but she was yeah. She was there walking the Before floor. Yeah, I was like sprinting to the bathroom. I thought I was going to not make it. And she was like, Rachel, Rachel. And I hadn't seen Nikki in so long since like before COVID. And she like followed me to the bathroom, hung out with us after and like literally talked to me as I sat on the floor and was filling me in about her business. And she sent us or gave us some of her chocolate chip cookie dough bites and brownie bites. So she makes like chickpea based cookie dough is coming out with like an instant pudding or came out with an instant pudding during COVID, which we're going to be trying soon. But the cookie dough bites, I'm really excited about because like that reminds you like when you would like go to the movie theater. Did you did you ever get cookie dough? So Jordan, I had very different childhoods. So I have to like confirm sometimes. Did you ever have cookie dough I, bites? I, I was not. I've had them. I was not. I, that like wasn't my go to. Um, you didn't movie like cookie theater, dough bites? Movie theater snack. What was your go to movie theater snack? I like Twizzlers. Like the red, you know, like the red, yeah, like, uh, and then, um, I liked Reese's pieces and then I liked the peanut butter M&Ms were probably my three, like go to uh movie. They didn't have peanut butter, M's, peanut butter M&Ms at my movie theater. Mm. I don't know. I remember eating peanut. Maybe that was just at. at the, I see at Reese's pieces all the time. I'm, maybe it was Reese's pieces at a movie theater, but the peanut butter M&Ms were definitely in our school concession stand. Oh, peanut or peanut butter? Like peanut. you had a yellow Pe- bag or peanut. red bag? Yeah, uh, the oh, yellow. Oh, peanut M&M's. Yeah, yeah, they were at the movie theaters. I thought you were talking about peanut no, butter I, M&M's. I only heard of peanut butter M&M's when I met you. I'm sorry, what? You never had a peanut butter M&M, like red bag peanut butter M&M before I, me? No. Oh my God. Sometimes I just like don't understand your childhood. Like how did you not have that growing up? Like did you not celebrate Valentine's Day? Because that's a huge Valentine's Day candy. Peanut butter M and M's. No, like uh, we're more of like a cookie family. Oreos, yeah, we had cookies too. Chips Ahoy. My mom was always baking cookies. The soft baked Entenmann's. Oof. No, my mom like made us cookies. All right, I'll give Eva parade when she comes by <laughs> next time. <laughs> Just kidding. She used to buy stuff like double stuffed Oreos, the blue bag of Chips Ahoy. I hated the blue bag of Chips Ahoy. I used to put them in the microwave to try and like make them soft. And we never had like the red chewy bag because Seth didn't like those. And if Seth didn't like it, it wasn't coming in our house. But poor Rachel. It, honestly, like preach. So what were some of the other things that you noticed like trends wise? Like I feel like we like did we Wait. gave a good rundown of product. Like my, I don't my last product. Oh, I'm so sorry. Was the non-alcoholic liars <laughs> brand. They had like a mixologist and they were making margaritas with their non-alcoholic tequila. And I don't know what else they put in it, but it was delicious. Yeah, we got to reach out to them. Like I'm going to go to the liquor store tomorrow and buy the ingredients so we can have it at Yom Kippur. No, you're not. This is why I just don't tell Rachel things and I just have to do it. You called me four hours ago panicking over our monthly costs and you're going to go and buy non-alcohol Alcohol. <laughs> alcohol to make for your mom who likes alcohol and your brother no, 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 who no. likes alcohol. For yeah, I'm going to make it, making it for myself. Why don't we serve some Shirley? Let's serve some wine. It's Yom Kippur. It's called, you're supposed to have like classy wine. I mean, all right, we'll talk about this okay, offline. We'll talk about this offline. Jordan called me when I was driving home from the doctor, <laughs> like freaking out over our monthly costs and how we want to start watching our budget. Now he's telling, and so no, I'm like, not, and, but it's I not like watching that. our budget. We, we do, we do very well spending on a monthly basis, but we're trying to find, yeah, a, we're crazy. trying to get a second car 
and the car market is crazy yeah, right wild. now. It really is pretty wild. So it's just stressing me out that the cost of uh, of a car. So what were some of the things that you noticed like trend wise? Should I just run through them really quick or you want to go one by one? No, one by one. We got to break it down. So you mentioned it with the Soli, but there were a bunch of gummy brands or companies that were trying to come out with gummy line. So I think just the gummy uh, category is, is definitely starting to um, get, gain some traction. Yeah, I feel like that. We don't, I mean, us personally, we definitely didn't need to go to Expo to to learn about. We've been talking to a few different gummy like candy companies, specifically like within the sour gummy, um, sour candy space. But it definitely was cool to see how many brands are trying to come out with like a better for you gummy or candy or whatever. One that's like even it's like smart, like smart sweets, but like more evolved, I guess you could say to like nowadays. But what I don't like about a lot of these gummies, and I know this is one of the trends that we're going to talk about is why allulose is in all of them, which like allulose in moderation to me is like fine, but it hurts my stomach. Not much hurts my stomach. And it's in so many things. Like it's in all of these gummies. Whole Foods like hasn't approved of allulose yet, which like no Whole Foods isn't like the be all end all. They're not like, you know, God, but if they're, if they haven't approved of that ingredient yet, but they, you know, let other ingredients into their store that I don't think is as like, you know what I mean? Like they put products in that shelves that, that sometimes aren't top notch. I'm like, why didn't you approve allulose yet? Yeah, but it must be one of those newer things that they haven't like had to approve yet. So it just might be in that like cycle where they have to approve it. Um, yeah, but Smart Sweets is sold there and they have to make an allulose free. Yeah, well, they were like gummy. the first mover in the space that was probably using allulose. But what I've seen is, on another trend is just like trying to get your net carb down to such a small amount. And I think allulose, like did, I don't even, I don't even understand how this thing works, nor do I really care to figure it out. But I think it's basically you take your carbs, of your product, and then you subtract the allulose out of it to somehow get to this net carb number. That's very trendy and popular. So I think that's why it's having such a, uh, a profound moment. It's like a low, low calorie sugar fructose. I don't know. I feel like it's like what Splenda was a handful of years ago in terms of just like we don't really know what it's what it is yet. Um, like we, I do consume some products that do have it, so I'm not anti-allulose, but I'm more just I'm yeah, turning just, over everything. You just everything. can't really you just can't eat it in excess. Yeah, like I can't eat four different products a day that have allulose in it. And a lot of the products I kept picking up at Expo would turn around, to look at the package, and like allulose would be like the second or third ingredient. So it's just kind of kind of crazy. It's- it's pretty funny. Every t- I noticed every time you and I went to a booth, we would just grab the package and flip it over to look at the ingredients. Yeah, always. I'm just curious how many people at that show approach the products the same way or do they try it Eat first it. and then see what's in it? I feel like more people probably try it first. I'm definitely a lot more cognizant than... Oh, you're like a hawk. You like grab the package. Yeah. <laughs> ASAP. Because you just don't know. And like even though no, this is like I, a I natural food products thing, like remember I grabbed those Pop-Tarts at Expo West and they were basically like oh, yeah, they were some pure crap in them. poop in a package. Like, no, thank you. I'd rather eat a real Pop-Tart. Non-alcoholic beverages is definitely up there in terms of, you know, 
I didn't see too many beer or wine. I saw more liquor companies, like the one I mentioned before, Liars. So there's another one called, I think, Three Spirit, we saw. Yeah, I mean, I think there was definitely a lot of, there's a lot of non-out brands out. And there's also a lot more like in the works that are going to be coming out. I'm excited to to hear more. We're looking into a few right now to potentially invest and become a part of. So we'll keep you guys posted. But um, I'm really excited about that because as you know, I don't drink. I spoke about this in a couple podcast episodes ago. So it's kind of like a dream come true seeing this space really coming alive because now I'm not only drinking, you know, Spindrift and Olipop and Diet Coke as a not as like a alcohol free beverage, I could have something like a little bit more like classier, elegant, like a Shirley wine or whatever it may be. And I think you and I might disagree on this one, but I thought that there was still a lot of like plant based or plant forward products. But then you made a comment before saying you think there were not as many plant based or vegan products. There weren't as many as Expo West because oh, it's so much yes. smaller. Agreed. So like, like when you went to Expo West, you almost felt like you were like in a like a, a temple, and like it's like when you go into a temple, and you see a man wearing a yarmulke. Like that was like going into Expo West and seeing ve- like vegan food everywhere. Like it was everywhere. I've never heard that analogy before. Yeah, because I, I thought of it myself. Like I don't think everyone analogy you copy from somebody else. Interesting. I've never. Like it was so. It was everywhere you walked. Is my point. Like you, there was like a lot of plant based. So plant based meat and plant based cheese at Expo West was huge. Exactly. And I didn't see as much as that of that there, but there was still a lot of like, there were like less plant or animal products at this expo than I would say yeah. in past. Less of an emphasis on it for sure. But I'm curious, maybe Expo West will bring something different. That's also based in California. It brings a lot more brands and who knows? Yeah. I th- so I think ex- this expo had like probably a little bit over a thousand brands. And I think Expo West has like, 5,000 brands. So it's, yeah, it's quite different. So I think that kind of wraps up our recap on Expo East, but we also wanted yeah, to talk we about, went. we also wanted to talk about why we went to Expo East. So when we went to Expo West and we did the podcast after, we spoke a bit about great shit and what we were doing. We've spoken about it in like the episode with Kiva. I talk about it on Instagram a lot. And it's definitely had like plugs here or there. But Today, we're going to break down. So I'm going to give a little backstory. Four years ago, when I was pregnant with Ezra, I wanted to find a way to get involved and partner with brands in a way that wasn't only like the transactional Instagram post. Like, what about these brands that I become so obsessed with emotionally? I like like want to help them grow as much as I can. I eat them every single day. Like, what can I do in addition to just like working with them or spreading the word about them to like help them grow. So previous to running my own business, I worked at a CPG company um, and helped with investor relations there for a bit. And I was very familiar with the fact that like when you were walking down the aisles of Whole Foods or your grocery store, behind all the products that you see and love were investors backing them. So when I wanted to partner with brands in a different way, I said to Jordan, why don't we see if we can like invest in any of these companies? So I had emailed the former CEO of Hugh Kitchen and just said like, hey, my name's Rachel. I'm obsessed with your chocolate. Are you raising any money? I would love to find a way to become a part and like help Hugh continue to grow, blah, blah, blah. 
they write back to me. They're like, Rachel, hi, you know who you are. You post about us every day. You're always in our restaurant, which is was 100% valid. I lived in their restaurant. RIP. They made an exception to let us invest in their round, their one and only round that they had recently closed. And they called me a strategic investor. We go, wow, that is such an honor. That is so cool. And what else, like, what else can we do with this? So over the last four years, we invested personally in 10 different companies, some of which are Lalo, Sweet Nothing, Serenity Kids. Um, you'll notice that a lot of these companies are ones that we are, were consumers of before even wanting to invest, which just shows how obsessed we truly are um, with the product and, and the founders, et cetera, and become like such close friends of ours. So along this ride, we... I kept noticing that people want to invest in brands too, but they either don't have the access, they don't have the experience, or they're not sure like, you know, how to really get started. And I wanted to try and find a way to bridge the gap between consumers and their favorite brands. So we kicked off Great Shit. When Jordan left his job in private equity, I said like when you're working together, when we're going to be working together, there's a handful of things that I want to do, but we really need to kick off Great Shit. We need to make this happen. So in April, we kicked off a small, modest fund of, we raised $2 million. And our plan is to deploy that into five to eight companies over the next couple of years, um, really within like the Better For You space. So similar to the, in the Better For You space, so similar to the brands and categories that we have been already investing in and just continuing to expand that portfolio. So like the side hustle side piece that's turned into the forefront of of what we're doing every single day so we've been meeting with i mean how many brands have we met with them last month like 40 uh yeah i put i think i put together a list this morning so of like 20 active conversations that are still going on and we probably have more than double out of probably probably 40 people we've spoken to or brands we've spoken to over the in the last 40 days which this has been amazing and it's definitely one of the favorite my favorite parts of what we do it's not you know instagram and social media based it's different than cooking different recipes to share etc and all i'm able to help a lot of these brands and advise for them in a way that is like such an honor honor to me that i could you know i view things from a consumer perspective whereas a lot of other investors you know view things a lot more strategically or from a financial lens and where great shit differentiates is that we view things from the consumer's eyes and that's why a lot of like instagram followers a lot of other influencers friends family have all invested within great shit and then they get to become a part of the brands that we invest in with us which is really exciting yeah, so the last two expos we've gone to has definitely had a different lens in terms of why we've gone. We've always, I think we've always gone before to see like what was up and coming and, you know, for you to find, you know, other uh, companies to partner with from your social media perspective. But now going into this one was actually the first time we've actually had a fund that's actually raised where we're putting money behind companies. So that's really cool. And at Expo, we also got to see a lot of our friends or counterparts in the space that are also venture investors. That's so, one of my favorite parts of what of what we do is like actually getting to collaborate with a lot of other funds and people that are that are investing, like Kiva, the managing partner of Selva, our friends at Melitas. 
there's been a handful of people that we've been able to connect with. Um, yeah, we got to meet our friend Jordan from Monogram in, uh, yeah, in real life. It's so Nate. nice. Yeah, Nate Cooper from Barrel mm-hmm. Ventures. I mean, it's just so cool to kind of, I, I mean, the world's so digital now. Um, so it is nice to kind of see all those people from across the country um, that come into one one place. So, so far with great shit, we've invested in, as I mentioned, Ryan Snacks, the upcycled dried fruit company was our first investment. And then most recently we invested in Seven Sundays, which they are amazing. The founders, it's a husband and wife too, which I love. I'm also like, how do you guys work together? I'm always looking for tips. Um, they make a cereal that is phenomenal. When you are standing in the cereal aisle, there are not many options that taste good and aren't loaded with cane sugar or natural flavors or whatever it may be. And as a mom and even just as someone who's an avid cereal eater, it's been really challenging to find a cereal that I genuinely love and feel good about eating. And then I found Seven Sundays and they're amazing. Their berry flavor, their maple sea salt flavor. The maple sea salt is hands down my favorite. They're a company that was, so they're known for their muesli. And then they started making for years now, then they started making cereal and kind of reassessed their approach to their business because they realized they're really onto something when it comes to their sun. It's called like a their sunflower cereal, but we're really excited. Our kids eat it every day. We eat it every day. Um, so we invested in them and I do have a code for them for 30, 30, 30 off is like one of the most generous codes that I've ever been given from a Wow. 30% off. Yeah. With Rachel 30 from their website. So if you want to try it, um, you get it on their website, you can get it at Whole Foods. Yeah, they're in Whole Foods. They're in a good amount of other retailers as well. Yeah. And they're in a lot of the Costco's as well. They have big Costco sizes of a lot of their muesli products, which yeah. I actually like to mix the muesli and the cereal together. I think it's like a really good mix for me. I mean, you know that mixing cereals and granolas together is like my favorite pastime. I've been doing oh. that since my puffin days. Remember on the bus? How could I forget? I was I used to guard that cereal with your life. Yeah, because your effing brother ate my peanut butter puffins once. Like, like they were no, once. Like nobody's. Guys, now he's, he's in the soul he quivers. He quivers, quivers, quivers <laughs> every time you come by. Trying to, trying to make it through. Yeah, so just to wrap it up, you know, we kind of gave you the, our our back uh, story on on why we went to Expo, and we were happy that it was in Philadelphia, so we were able to drive down for the day. And um, we are looking forward to Expo West in March. I wouldn't be if, so confident that we're gonna go. We're gonna have a maybe two month old, so TBD. Oh, we're gonna be there. I I wrote we'll it off. At, I wrote it off as we weren't going. Well, I said maybe. A and newborn then is the easiest phase to travel with a baby. So. You uh, you threw it on my calendar. So once it's on the calendar, it's 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 ingrained in my head. It's just a potential thing to uh, to go to, but we'll see. If you guys have any questions about Expo East or Great Shit or any of the products, let us know if you think this episode is a fun listen or if you're over us, fine too. But as always, if you want to rate and review the podcast, share it with some friends. I'm so happy you guys were listening and we'll be back soon. Bye.